Hello and welcome to another new episode of The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host Louisa Fletcher. We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you are staying put, buying, selling, renting or letting. We'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages, as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. In today's show, Lou will be talking us through the most important things to bear in mind if you're moving in the current market to help reduce stress and save money. Plus, Monty will be sharing his views on the headlines since the mini budget last month and giving us yet more of his invaluable advice about mortgages and what you need to do next even if you're not moving. We're here to help you make money, save money, and most importantly of all, protect yourself, regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey. Hello, Lou. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You it's came nice back. It's nice to be back. You came back. I did come back. Now, hopefully, because I got told off last time, Hopefully, I'm on the right mic and it doesn't sound like someone said that I was recording in the toilet, which Can I, just I promise say it, you I wasn't. It wasn't what? me that told you off, though. I no, don't want people to get it the wrong idea. It was our producer. We yeah. have a producer. We have a producer, don't you? We know? do. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. And he also told me off, not once, but for my squeaky chair. <laughs> so he had to edit out my squeaky chair, so I'm going to move my chair now. You've so got to I make it, it squeak now squeak. just to give him something to do. No, yeah. I know. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's been uh well <laughs> i just i don't quite know i wrote something the other day for one of the mortgage magazines and i was like I, I don't i don't quite know what i've been doing the last two weeks <laughs> right okay i look at all our brokers and yeah. all the news and everything yeah and it's just it's crazy so if you had to sum up that last two weeks since we recorded our last episode, what what word would you use to describe it? If we had to get it into <laughs> one word. Is this a family show? It's a family show, remember? <laughs> um, one word. Could, would, uh, do you want me to give you a selection? Do you want you to give me a selection choice? of words. God, do you know what? That's a really hard question, actually. I yeah. can sum it up in a sound, which is... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll go with that then. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, right. No, it was, um, I think, extraordinary. Okay. Is probably the I'll only word that. for it. I'll in take in that. a world of um, extraordinary situations, this was even more so extraordinary. The, okay. Okay. So, ooh, where do you go from there? So, it's Tuesday evening. The week is yet young. What, yeah. what would you say for our listeners has changed if at all anything like you know and being a bit more serious about it are things settling down at all yeah we, we've seen so at first you know we talked about last time about products being pulled left mm -hmm. right and center and we have mm -hmm. seen lenders come back as predicted okay, so, so that's, that's good. a good good yes. sign good. however they have come back at much more expensive rates and okay. we have seen a couple of lenders put up their rates not by one percent, but by one and a half percent in one foul swoop. Okay. Um, so if you were looking at a two-year fixed um a couple of weeks ago before the Chancellor stood up, you might have got around about three and a half, four percent. Okay. Now you're looking about five and a half, six percent. 
Okay, so that's so, quite a significant difference. Yeah, we're isn't seeing it? one and a half to two percent directly because of the shenanigans with the uh, mini budget. Okay, so how is how would you say that is? So on all of the day to day conversations that you have, both in terms of with people in the industry and with the consumers, because obviously you're still, you know. On, on the cold face of all of this as well, right? Because you are still actually, mm. you know, when you're not doing other really important things, you're actually still being a very, very awesome mortgage broker. Um, <laughs> that's the most important. <laughs> that's the most important thing. Um, but have you have you noticed in the last two weeks, so since our last episode, any changes in terms of the way that lenders are now assessing potential borrowers affordability is anything changing there yeah absolutely that that is one of the key things and we've seen a couple of lenders actually change their stress testing okay. um, so tsb for example put their stress test up to eight percent and just in case you're coming to this for the first time just in case this is the first time you've ever discovered the monty and lou show um can we just explain in a sentence what stress testing is and why it's so important yeah. So basically, a lender assesses what you can afford now based on the current rate, but also on an assumed rate in the future. So if rates go up by that much. So that's so, stress testing. So yeah. pre, what was that great word you used just now? Shenanigans? Pre shenanigans. Pre -shenanigans what was an average stress test? Um, you, probably, you were probably around about six and a half percent. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's considerably it's ratcheted a, it's up 8%. to eight percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's quite a big deal, and 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 what that means is that people's borrowing power mm. has mm. waned. So it's a bit of a, a double blow for people because mm. not only has the stress test got harder, and they're taking into account the cost of living, um, and you've got the interest rate rises. Mm. So all of that acts against you in terms of affordability. So some people now are faced with they can borrow 60 or 70 grand less than mm. they could do before all this and that's a that's a big ask mm. for people mm. um the most worrying sign is around people coming to the end of their mm. current rates mm. so we have some clients who are now faced with not a 500 pounds a month increase but a 900 a <gasps> thousand 1200 pounds a month increase Gosh. And um, yeah, we've we've got one out only today actually faced with seven fifty. Wow! Um, and, and that's per like, month, right? So again, yeah, just per month. This yeah. is per month that their yeah. mortgage has and, increased. Wow. And they're thinking of um, they might have to sell because wow. they can't actually do that on top of the increasing energy prices, or they're going to have to make some serious replanning whether they start a family this year. Actually, they're thinking, well, maybe we, we don't. We hold off on that. But actually, it's, it's just it really is affecting people's lives on the mm, ground. Mm. And for those sorts of people facing those sorts of choices, obviously, I know every case is, is different and it does very much depend on the circumstances mm. of the borrower. So we can only talk in very broad brush terms in the time that we have here. But what would be open to people who are facing such a significant increase in their mortgage payments on a monthly basis that they're, they're literally saying to you or perhaps you know their lender I can't afford this what yeah. in practical terms could they do so this is and I caveat 
all this because this is not normal mm. advice. Mm. This is because of a situation. So there are several things that you can actually do. One is potentially you could move from a repayment to an interest-only mortgage. Okay. Um, again, that brings with it some risks that you're not actually paying down the mortgage yeah. and you need to remember that. And the idea is hopefully that's just a short-term mm. scenario. Mm. Um, potentially, if, say, you've got – if you're – young enough and you've got 15 years left on your mortgage you could potentially extend the term and what would that do 25 or 30 years that so would... that spreads the cost of repayments out over a longer right. period yeah so the monthly payments reduce okay so you're still so unlike interest only where you're not paying off any of the capital that you've borrowed extending yeah. The term of the mortgage mean it means it reduces the payments you pay every month mm. over a longer period yeah. that you're still paying off the capital as well as paying interest. But yeah. obviously, you'd pay more interest because you're borrowing yeah, for a longer that's period. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and actually, thirdly, one one of the which seems counterintuitive is if you've got equity in your property, mm. some people are releasing funds. Oh, okay. And using yeah. that as a pot to pay the mortgage over right. the next two, three years. Okay. So actually they're using the equity to pay the mortgage. So um, again, a little bit counterintuitive, but mm. it's it's about um, doing something that keeps the property for you, uh, mm. means you don't have to sell the property. Mm. Um but it, it's about really, really making sure you talk through all these options through very carefully to make sure you understand exactly what you're doing. Yes. Lenders are in a different place, so they are going to do all they can to help people. Um, mm. It's not like the 1980s when, you know, yeah. literally you got people ha handing back the keys. Um, but it is worrying because we did see from um, the chief exec of uh, Santander that actually the bank is putting aside more money for potential defaults okay. linked to the cost of living crisis after they've seen a pickup in customers falling behind on mortgage and loan payments. So there is, um, I think Mike Rainier termed it, uh, they're seeing the strain and pressure facing customers as a result of this. So, that, so they are looking um, to do all they can to, mm. to help as many people as possible. Mm. So final bit of advice if somebody's listening to this and they are worrying about what happens next in terms of their mortgage payment, what would we be saying to them this evening, Monty? What would we say? Um, first of all, it's important not to panic. Um, speak that's, to a that's broker. A good, that's actually a really good point just right there. Yeah, because it, it, it's easy. It, it is dramatic. And I know from my own mortgage, I've been, mm. I'm going through a remortgage mm. at the moment and I'm driving my broker <laughs> mad <laughs> and she will tell you I'm driving her mad, <laughs> just going, are you sure it's okay? Are you sure it's okay? And I'm like in the industry for yeah. 25, 28 years. Yeah. And so I know exactly what it's like because I know that if anything happens with this and it doesn't go through, I'm going to be faced with not £300 a month mm. more, but eight nine hundred pounds mm. a month more and I, i'm gonna struggle to do that mm. so um but it's important not to panic speak to a professional speak to a broker get the options mm. laid out before you make sure you really understand those options mm. think about them carefully and also speak to your bank directly mm. because what's interesting now is there's a lot of pressure on lenders 
to look after their existing mm. clients and that's coming down from government mm. so i suspect we will start seeing and we have started to see some of their retention rates mm. reduce okay to so, make that jump not as high for some people so this is if you're with a, a lender currently yeah so and a good example you... is HSBC. I don't mind mentioning it. Okay. You know, okay. HSBC, they, they have reduced their uh, product retention rates for some customers, for, so, for all, all their existing so customers. So if you're a current borrower from, you know, and your mortgage is basically with mm. HSBC, right? And you yeah. know that at some point you've got to remortgage in the next couple of months, few months, yeah. HSBC are basically saying, if you stay with us, we're going to help you by offering you. Yeah, you have you have slightly slightly cheaper rates, not than your existing mortgage. No, but slightly cheaper rates than potentially you would go on to if you switch to another lender, for example. Mm. But as I caveat that, speak to a broker first because yes. they're able to arrange that for you mm. with HSBC, or just double check that actually mm. it is the right option. There aren't, mm. there isn't anything else out there. Mm. And also, is it time to actually do any of the other things that I just mentioned? Yeah, cool. And word to the wise, everyone, always remember, it's my favorite thing to say at the moment. If you need to remortgage in the next six or seven months, remember the vast majority of lenders will let you apply now, book your rate. So providing... Yeah it's applied for and it's locked and loaded, you can then move seamlessly onto your next product in six months' time. Yeah. But speak to a broker. But speak to a broker. <laughs> <laughs> that was a party political broadcast by the broker party. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'd also say speak to broker and speak to your existing lender. Great advice. Thank you very much, Monty. And I'm sure things will probably change again in the next couple of weeks. So I thought so, Lou. I think it's a... I think it's a racing certainty one way or the other things are going to change so we will of course bring you an update in our next episode just a reminder you're listening to the property show with andrew montlake and louisa fletcher so lou yeah <laughs> i thought i was done i could go now but then i realized that's only that's only half the podcast that's got, that's the first time <laughs> So, do you know what? It's been one of those days. I'm in one of those moods today. I'm I get, I get, I'm picking up um, that vibe. I'm yeah, I know. Up, yeah. I think it's because I had my next COVID jab. Oh, this morning. well done you. So I'm starting to get doolally. How are you feeling now? Uh, all right. Mm, good. If good I start, well done. Know, making less sense than the normal, then then you can blame that. <laughs> um, but anyway, listen. Back on track. Yes. In our last episode, we said that this time round, we'd talk about your advice for buyers. Yes, we did. We did. So we did sellers. Mm -hmm. So buyers are... Now, interestingly, we've actually seen that demand has kept quite steady. Mm. And actually, people who are looking to buy now seem to be a lot more committed there's yes. no there's no tire kickers yeah i think they call them I, I, <laughs> that may or may not be a technical term in the trade i cannot <laughs> confirm or deny um yes and i do have a couple of theories on that go on go for it so i think the first is there's a lot more property available now on the market so mm. roughly 
you know, broad brush depends on which bit of the country you live in, stock levels, and for that, the amount of property that's available to purchase. Um, Stock levels, which have been historically low for the last two and a half years, are now pretty much back to where they were at the end of 2019. So pre-COVID. So kind of, you know, nothing's normal at the moment, obviously, Mm. but it's sort of edging back towards where we were at that point. Um, And that means there's just more to choose from. So for people who perhaps had wanted to move over the last two years and were really stuck in terms of they knew that they could sell their property really, really easily, but that wasn't the problem. The problem was finding something they wanted to buy. That is now easing pretty much at most price points. So that's number one thing. The second part of my theory is I think there are still some people who have got a product, you know, that they've they've got a mortgage approved yeah. um, and they want to use that rate while they still can. So, you know... Absolutely. Again, you, now, yeah. obviously, nothing in this world at the moment is a done deal. So it goes without saying before you put any offers forward, you know, please speak to your mortgage broker. That's going to be a recurring theme of the podcast today. Speak to your mortgage broker. But I think there are a few people who are lucky enough that they got themselves in a position that that they had a product before rates moved a couple of weeks ago. So I think there's still mm. some of those people around. Then the third part to my theory is that although things are feeling unstable and turbulent now, I think most people would agree that bricks and mortar is a pretty reliable asset class in the UK um, in terms of long term. Yes. So I think that a lot of people who might be buying now, maybe not, obviously not first time buyers, but people moving on their second or third or fourth home, yeah. they probably remember what the property market did in the credit crunch, but yet they've seen how an asset that was you know, a property asset has recovered and increased in value. Mm. So I think there still is this confidence that, yeah, do you know what? It's it's a bit scary at the moment because of mortgages, because of the financial market turbulence, but actually you can always rely on bricks and mortar. So I yeah. think depending on who you talk to, there's a different motive for moving. Um, but that all said, and going back to my first point, there is much more to choose from now as a consequence of more sellers are coming to market now, um, but also more chains, sadly, are collapsing than Mm. usual, which Mm. means it's not just new things being marketed for sale, but things that perhaps were for sale four or five, six months ago have fallen through and are now coming back to the market. That means the dynamic in the market has now changed and it is more of a buyer's market than a seller's market. Are those ones coming back to the market? Are you seeing their? Are you seeing the values holding? It's patchy, but probably in about fifty percent of cases there are significant reductions. Right. Okay. But it will depend on where that is in the country, what sort of property yeah, it is, and the price yeah. band. Um, yeah. So it, I wouldn't want to make too much of a sweeping statement, no. but from the stuff I'm seeing. Um, if you think about, you, you know, the typical family home, it's probably coming on at 5%-ish less than it listed for originally. Mm. But if you go up into the million, two million pound bracket, the remarketing price is more, the, the reduction is more pronounced. Yeah, yeah. 
that's so, that's yeah that's pretty standard so you know pretty much everything that you and I as we work in the industry would expect to see but nonetheless um it it's been very interesting watching this unfold over the last I guess three months and yeah. it's really now becoming quite prevalent and has become more so I think mm. in the last couple of weeks so bearing all of that in mind if you are a buyer at the moment and I was literally having this conversation with someone yesterday they said oh you know lose it should I be buying a house right now and I said yeah. look the, the, this is the way I'm approaching this right because believe it or not and again we'll come to this in another episode we're still trying to move house we are actively trying to, put, to buy a house right <laughs> As I say, long chat for another day. It's been anyway, a long journey. It's Lou. been a long, long <laughs> road. Um, but the advice that that we, we so we are taking our own medicine, which is yeah. the property that we purchase, we need to be able to live in it for ten years. If if we had to, you are the second person who has said that today. Ah, oh, there you go. There and you go. do you know who said it? It was Ed Mead. I did, <laughs> I, did a, I did a TV spot with him, and Ed, Do if really? you don't know Ed, is a uh, is is a property guru, much yes. like Louisa. Although he's Louisa a... is more of the property Yoda, we've established. But yeah, and and actually, yeah. it's really funny because, and that's funny that you'd said that because he said exactly the same thing, which shows that people who know property are, are dishing out not just good advice but the same advice, which is can really I, interesting. Can I just say? I didn't like confer with Ed before I came. No, on I know this. you didn't. No, I know you didn't. <laughs> I know. Um, I just so, find that really interesting. That's it, really good advice, Lee. So it's it's that whole thing of could you live in it for ten years? And the reason that the ten year figure is so significant is because historically, and there's always a bit, you know, caveat, caveat. But historically, if you look back through any market downturn and cycle property price, prices normally correct themselves over a 10-year period. So that is to say, if you buy it now, if there is a correction in prices, it will all work itself out yeah. in 10 years' time. Therefore, yeah. if you're not moving for 10 years, providing you mm. can afford the mortgage payments, really, just can you live in it? Do you want to live in it? Will it service your needs? So that's where you need to really start thinking about what could your life look like in the next 10 years? So if you don't have a family now, do you need to consider the fact that within 10 years, you might have little people in your world? And therefore, would the property you're looking at work in terms of schools, in terms yeah. of childcare arrangements? So it's a little mm. bit of future proofing. Um, obviously, the working from home trend, I don't think that's going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Probably more of a hybrid approach, but who knows? So, you know, can the property grow with you? Could you work from home? If that's something you think you may need to do, then it's definitely something to consider. Mm. So it's all of these things. So what I would encourage people to do is think in this current market. And when I say current market, I'm I'm literally saying between now and Christmas. Okay. So it okay. really is yeah. it's this yeah. short term, right? Um, if you're buying between now and Christmas, what I really would like you to think about, could you live in the property for 10 years? Can it grow with you in other words does it fulfill the criteria of access for schools access for childcare, access for work obviously not everybody will have such a security in their career that they will be working in the same place in 10 years time but just think about those things 
but also think about if you needed to, does the property have the ability to physically grow with you? You know, could you extend out? Could you go into a loft extension? You know, yeah. these are the sorts of things that we saw all of this in the market cycle that was 2008 to 2012, which was, you know, there was a, a downturn in the amount of people who moved home, but there was a corresponding upswing in the amount of people that added serious size to their yeah, property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think remember about that it well, like yeah. that. You know, you probably, if you dig out your records, and I'd love to see if this is true, Monty, you probably would see a corresponding upturn in the amount of remos you did in that three or four year period With to capital release capital. Raising. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, yeah. to do those. Or, or you're right, people buying. I mean, we bought in 2007. And why did we buy this house? Because we knew we could extend it. Yeah. And we did that straight away. Yeah. And and yeah, you're absolutely spot on. So it it is thinking about future proofing. Um the other thing I would say is, you know, and this is a bit of advice that an old property developer gave me. I say old. <laughs> That's that sounds disrespectful. Um, but he was a veteran in the industry wise. twenty years ago. Wise, yes, yes, wise. And and his take on it was was very simple, which is you really only make money in property when you buy, not when you sell. Which is quite profound, actually. I'm just that. That's just whirring around my head. I, I like that. Yeah. That is that is so true. Yeah. That's so, so it's, true. It's yeah. And I was like, what? What? And he was like, he just said to me, think about it. So when you do think about it, you realize then that it's all about negotiating the best deal that you can, you know, all the basic stuff we've spoken about before, location, you know, that's key. All mm. of these things. But yeah, you really only make money when you buy, not when you mm. sell. So again, nothing to be scared of. Um, something that we say in a state agency, every market makes a market. That's another one. Um, but, but what? Oh, uh, profound what? you are. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so I would just encourage people to consider what you're doing. Is it future-proofed? And maybe, and this is just something on a more practical level. Mm. Um, it, my guess is that for the next... 12 to 24 months due to you know potential disruption in the supply chain um i think it could be quite difficult to replace kitchens replace bathrooms i don't think there'll be a shortage of skills if you book far mm. enough in advance mm. but actually ask anyone who's tried to buy any form of kitchen appliance over the last 12 months how that worked out for them <laughs> so if you're buying a doer upper I would say go into that with your eyes wide open because a few years ago, you know, you could take something that needed a significant amount of work and if you had the right trades around you and access to all the stuff that you would need, materials, et cetera, then you know what, you could turn that around in six to eight yeah. months. I don't think that's going to be the case in the next couple of years. So if you, if you can live with it, if you can live with, you know, the avocado bathroom and the kitchen from 1979 and it doesn't offend you that much that you could live mm. with it for a couple of years crack on if that is going to really seriously annoy you 
because you know, oh, we're going to be, you know, I did this, right? I lived in a house that I was trying to do it for 18 months and every time people came round, I almost got to the point of like creating a little banner that said, please ignore the kitchen, I'm doing it up eventually, right? <laughs> uh, if you are of that persuasion and you, yeah. then I'm, I'm going to suggest you might want to reconsider doing a project. Very not, good. Not just for the financial reasons, but for the actual practical mm. day-to-day, how, how long is that really going to take? Very yeah. interesting. Good, yeah. good advice. Any other pearls of <laughs> Fletcher <laughs> wisdom? Oh, um, so the next, the next thing, and I'll leave you with this. This is probably the best ninety to hunt to a hundred pounds you'll spend if you're moving home. So this now applies to anybody if you're selling or buying. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm interested. Right. It does not trip off the tongue easily. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is called a residential abortive transaction insurance policy. Or as one ratty. of my a ratty. Yes. <laughs> as one of my lovely conveyancer friends calls it, a ratty. Ratty. A ratty. Now, I just yeah. looked at that. I was looking at that. Yeah. Resident, yeah. 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 No. Ratty. I, I, see, go on. Tell, tell us about that then. So this is an insurance policy. Your conveyancing solicitor or your licensed conveyancer can normally put this in place for you. As I say, the cost will be about 90 to £100, give or take. What this does is in the event that your transaction, so if you're selling, if you're seller, or if you're buying your vendor um, pulls out, um, then basically you get the cost back for any of your legal costs any surveying costs. So if you're buying, for example, and you've paid for an expensive survey, because that's a lot of money these days, um, potentially even any product fees that you may have paid your mortgage broker or lender. So that can add up to a few mm, thousand pounds. Yeah, that really can. Um, and this policy will, will cover that in certain circumstances. So you do need to read the small print or get your lawyer to explain it to you. But for that 90 to 100 pounds, that could save you a lot of money. And Monty, ask me how I know this. Lou? Yeah? How do you know this? Because in the last 18 months, we've tried to buy three houses. <laughs> so have you had So have you had this? I have. You have? <laughs> I was waiting for the, no, I had <laughs> the typical. Yeah. But, so yeah. you did actually have it and it worked and it and paid out? And it's worked, yes. Uh, that is brilliant. So heartfelt recommendation there. And the reason it's even more pertinent now is because mm. on average, one in three transactions fail. So they might go on to then, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously, you know, you find another I'd buyer say, or whatever. I think you're so right. I think that this is, that's essential at the moment. So, you know, it's not, as I say, it's 90 to 100 pounds. And I know yeah. that that's not an inconsequential amount but of that's money a given everything that's going off. Yes. It's a, but it, you, it's for every transaction. So obviously, yeah. I've had three yeah, of, of these policies, yeah. right? But you know, you've only you've only got to think about what the cost. But it saved you probably ten times. Yeah. Three is that right? I'm just doing maths. Um, <laughs> yeah. More more than that. More. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, I would say, speaking from experience, not every solicitor or licensed conveyancer offer them. So it is something when you are mm. shopping around when you do you know decide either to sell or whether or not when you're buying you then find the house of your dreams and then decide right I need to get a sister but do ask the question and yes pay the money would be my advice I like I'm not that. I'm not receiving 
any financial benefit that from anybody. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, personal advice. It's one of those. Yeah, would I would I do it again? Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and probably will. Really good. I like that. Well, it was worth me coming today. <laughs> it's worth you turning up. Yeah, it's worth me turning up. Pearls of wisdom. Oh, you flatter me, sir. <laughs> um, so on that note, we we've probably only got a couple of minutes left. Are we? Yeah. Have you got any mortgage product picks you want to talk about? Because you know, last time when I asked the question, you kind of looked at me as if to say, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was deep in a despair of I don't know. Well, the thing was, to be honest, the even the the mortgage sourcing companies and the um, you know all the online systems they couldn't keep up. Yeah, they couldn't tell anybody anything no anyway. Could, no one <laughs> no. could keep up. So. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, but uh, because it has settled down a little bit, so I have got a few picks. Um, Go on then. Which takes on to quite an interesting thing. So let's look at fixed first. So if you've got a good deposit and the best rates available, mm. um, two-year fix now, 5.5% with Barclays. Okay. That's where they are, 5.5%. Okay. That's a two-year fix. Now, because we have an inverted yield curve, oh which I think God. I have talked about oh, before, no, I'm not going to no. bore you with, I'm not going to bore, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, I'm not going to mention it again. Um, a five-year fix is cheaper than that, 5.14%. We must talk about all of that at some stage, just not tonight. We'll do an economics session. Yeah. That'll maybe, really turn maybe the I'll listeners be, off. Maybe I'll be looking at my sock drawer that particular evening. But anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Or a 10-year fix is even cheaper, 4.85. Whoa, so okay. So you let's... can really see where the yeah. where, what what is happening in the market. And that yeah. snapshot there really illustrates the point. Yeah. And they think all it's jokes two aside, years yeah. of disastrousness. <laughs> and uh, but actually over five and ten years, things starting to calm down. Um and, and that's where swap rates are at the moment. Um we have seen, you know, a five-year, yeah, two-year swap is up at five point four four one percent. Ten-year money is at four point six three. So, is it really geeky to say I was looking at that this morning? <laughs> it's pretty geeky, but then I, so was I. I can't really say. But the point I want to make, Luke, go on then, very go on quickly, then. if I've got time. Yes, is tracker rates. Yeah, you beat me to it because I was going to ask you about this. Oh, sorry. So, right. So Go there's on. going to be a whole bunch of people listening to this. Yeah. Because like in the last, over the last sort of 10 years, I guess, pretty much we've all been indoctrinated into the whole fix your mortgage. Like, why would you not fix your mortgage? Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. But pre-2008, I had mortgages that weren't fixed. I did have some fixed rates on, you know, but but they weren't all fixed rates. So can we just do a one-minute explainer on what is a tracker and why might they be coming back in fashion? Right. So a variable rate. So trackers and discounts, because you, you need to bring them together. So they're variable rates. So every lender will have their own standard variable rate, and usually that's a rate you go on to if you do nothing, if you don't go on to another mm. fix or you just leave it there. And their standard variable rate is usually around about the five and a half to six and a half percent level at the moment. Mm. Now, a discounted rate literally discounts that rate for, say, a period of two years. So if the variable rate is 5.74, 
you get 2% off that for two years, you will pay 3.74. The risk is that whenever the lender changes their variable rate, Mm -hmm. and they can do that at any time, Mm -hmm. your rate changes with it. Mm -hmm. So in an increasing rate environment, the risk is that the lender puts it up more than you think. Mm. So normally, the more popular is a tracker rate. And the tracker rate tracks the Bank of England base rate. Okay. So for example, you can get um, 1% above bank base. Okay. So if you know that, um, so, so that's what your rate is. So if Bank of England put their rate up, your yeah. rate goes up with it. Yeah. If they put it down, your rate goes down with it. Um, now, what's interesting is in the past, fixed rates were so competitive yes. that actually discounts and trackers were either the same or worse yeah. than fixed rates. So it didn't make any sense to take that risk. But now we're now seeing a differential of, so the best two-year tracker, for example, is 3%. Now, if you're looking at the best two-year fix at 5.5%, I was about to say. that's a 2.5% difference. Mm. So do you think rates will go up 2.5% in the next two years? Yes, they might do, but how quickly are they? Mm. So actually, for people who are happy to take some element of risk, they're actually coming back into vogue. Things you never thought you'd see. Yeah. But, so yeah. I, I would be quite tempted. And uh, the other difference between a tracker and discount is sometimes that trackers and discounts don't have any penalties. I was about to say, so, yes. So that is another thing to consider, yeah. which is what you could do. Um, and again, speechy breaker, <laughs> recurring theme. What you could do is go onto a, a, a tracker or a discount for now. And then if things really start to ratchet up, you might want to exercise the ability to move on to a fix. Yeah. But you probably wouldn't have to pay the tens of thousands of pounds to get out of your current product. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not for everyone. Um but it is definitely now an actual proper conversation mm. and a choice. And mm. and you know discounted rates, you can get a 3-year discounted rate at 2.34. So it is, it's a big difference now. Mm. Um, mm. And we expect Bank of England base rate to increase by at least 1% um, in their next meeting. Um, and we'll talk about all, all of that <laughs> another time. But um, but that's still a big difference yeah. between, you know, it's discounted or a tracker and uh, even a, even a five-year fix. So there you go. Food for thought, Lou. It definitely is. And thank you very much indeed for that. So on that bombshell, to borrow a catchphrase from a very well-known show, um, that's been awesome. I really hope that there's been some some snippets in there that will help whoever is listening in whatever their, their current situation is. But of course, you know, we are here to help and we genuinely mean that when we say it. So if you have... Um, property problems, mortgage dilemmas, and you would like our advice, please do drop us an email. You know the address, but we'll just give it to you again. It's hello at thepropertyshow.co.uk. Yeah. And if you, yeah, if you, if you have any topics you want us to 
just discuss generally just let us know if you think we there's something we should cover then uh, then let us know and um if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us please give us a follow on social media you'll find us on twitter at the property show pod thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you again next time <laughs>